0: This is a Podfire Production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. G'day guys, Brett McCullum here and welcome to Awesome Humans COVID-19 edition where we're recording from our home studio here on the Gold Coast. Uh, We're going to have some awesome guests over the coming weeks, so uh, watch out. Look out. We're going to get as much content out of there as we possibly can. And uh, let's see how this all rolls. Cheers. As most people know, I am known to partake in the odd sweet treat. I like to call myself a little bit of a connoisseur, to be truth. I love the vanilla slice, with one of my favourites being from a little bakery on the mid-north coast of New South Wales, called Crescent Head, closely followed by KV Cakes and Pies on the Central Coast. There's no free ads on here, so I apologise for that. I'm also uh, partake with the odd jam and cream donut, maybe even a scone with a bit of jam and cream. I could go on and on and on about this. But then comes along a bloke who creates one of the biggest challenges ever seen on TV. In 1981, a young man was born in a small town of Canambal, about 164 kilometres northwest of Dubbo. For you people that aren't in Australia, that's a long, long, long way out west. He grew up to become the king of dessert, prince of the patisserie, and the man who shot to fame with his famous famous, Bush challenge on MasterChef. He's a TV star, he's an author, and this bloke's bouncing back from adversity, so he's my type of dude. He is the sweet assassin on Instagram. Welcome, Adriana Zumba.
1: You like that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Brett. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks.
0: So, are you locked up because of uh, COVID nineteen?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, just go out for for the necessities, but um, you know, just at home. So,
0: it's funny times we live in, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hey, it's uh, uh, so quickly. That's,
0: that's the reason we're trying to create all this content, get out there, tell people's stories, give people a little bit different something else to do, something else to listen to. So, uh, thanks so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it.
1: No, absolute pleasure. <laughs>
0: Um, but I always start this with the same question. We, we don't really follow a pattern here, but this is always a good way to start. What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go?
1: What, like in, in, for, forever? Like, forever. Yeah. Oh, how uh, how uh, far uh,
0: back? Oh, I stump people with that. Apologise, yeah. for that before we started. I would have to say, I
1: would have to say probably Probably when I stacked my motorbike, I think I got a motorbike for my eighth or ninth birthday. I can't remember. Yeah. And, and had- uh, the reason I remember cool. it because one of my mates was on the back and he pushed the accelerator button. It was a four wheeler, and the uh, front yard of my parents' place is all concrete, and we're just going around in circles. <laughs> you know, like just got it. It was a birthday party, and you know, he pushed the accelerator, well, it was a button, it was the little throttle thing. And we we're going around and round circles, and just flipped it into my mum's rose bushes, and uh, you know we were both just stuck inside a rose bush covered in thorns. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I never forget that day because it was it was the first time I'd ever ever gotten that. So, um, how but, happy was Mum? Yeah, not too happy. Pretty, pretty <laughs> freaking out actually. <laughs> not had her idea to get the motorbike no. No, I'm sure it wasn't. It's funny
0: when you start thinking back about these sort of things and and these times, mate. And what'll happen during this journey we're going to go on today is you'll remember stuff, and it'll just sort of—it's uh, really amazing uh, exercise to do because uh, lots of people don't think about their their childhood and all that sort of stuff. And some kids' childhood aren't, aren't good, and they don't like that. But at the same time, it's still—it's uh, always good to reflect on this sort of stuff. I reckon. Oh, no, totally. So you were born in Canamble. I've actually been to Canambal. Have you? I have. It's a long way away.
1: Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. 3,000 3, people, you know. It's, um, it was always, it was like a seven-hour drive to Sydney and, you know, so it was, a, it, was, it was a decent trip. So did you go to school there? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I went to school there. Um, I went to high school there, uh, only from, from my own choice. My parents wanted to send me to Sydney to boarding school, but the school they wanted to send me to played rugby union. And at that time, I was a league fanatic. And- okay. So I wanted to go to St. Greg's in Campbelltown. They wanted to send me to Joey's in uh, Hunters Hill. And so I, I just didn't go. I just stayed home and played footy in Campbell for the Bears and, uh, and, and, and grew up there. You know, I stayed there till I, was, well, I left school when I was 15, but, um, but I uh, chose to stay in Campbell. How'd you go with footy? Because you don't, you don't seem to be the world's biggest bloke. No, you're, I'm just under six foot. Like I'm not, I'm not massive, but like when I was younger, yeah. I was, I was probably, uh, I was in this, I played in the centers, played fullback in the centers. So I was, I had a lot uh-huh. of pace. Um, I was, I was a quick sprinter, you know, I wasn't good at long distance, but, uh, you know, I was fast and that's what it was, you know, five, eight, put me in a gap and I was home, you know, literally that was the, that was the plan most games, you know, you just uh-huh. run hard, run at a gap and hopefully you get through it. And, um, you know, then obviously all the way to the trial line, but, um, you know, I used to love it. I was like, uh, the one thing I do miss in my life is playing that, that footy and stuff like that. I mean it wasn't a career for me. I wasn't that good but um I mean I played rep footy for the for group uh group fourteen and um and stuff like that when I was young. Uh, so like, you know, I had a good crack at it. But um it was good fun. Both just love running.
0: Well, it's funny as we get older, isn't it? Like you do miss that sort of stuff. The the it's uh, morale of the of the footy boys and at the same time as as you say hitting that gap and just just making that run, is, there's
1: no better feeling, really. Oh, there's no better feeling, man. That was just like, you know, <laughs> you, just, you run for your life, or you just looking at that line ahead of you and just run, 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 you know. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's adrenaline. It's, it's crazy. So. And then every now and then you get smashed on the way through. Oh, yeah. I remember one, <laughs> I remember one time I was playing, we were playing Golgandra, and I was, I was home down the sideline. I thought I was home. And next thing you know, out of nowhere, all I just remember, I was just airborne. And I, 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 hit the, I hit the bench, like the because the benches are just like a it was just a wooden wooden uh, wooden seat, and everyone, you know, each team's uh, reserves are just sitting on it. And I cleaned out, I cleaned out their bench, like it smacked me so hard, like it was, you know, I just got up and whoa, geez, you know, I thought I was home, but you know, I don't know where that person came from. <laughs> probably off the bench. <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> Never thought about that one, did you? <laughs> nah. uh, so school life, what, what were you in school? Were you good, bad, ugly? Were you a jock? Were you a nerd? how did you go
1: in school? Uh not great. I mean I was good at I was good at things I put my um my mind to and put put my energy into, you know. Um <laughs> oh look, I got I mean I got well I got suspended twice at high school. Um, you know, uh, uh oh, I was on a footy trip actually. <laughs> we on a footy trip and there's a nine ten combined team. Um and no, not eight and nine combined team. And at nighttime, we well the, the year eight guys, we we used to play tricks, you know. So we shaved one guy's head in the middle, shaved he had long hair, and we shaved all the middle out of his hair in his sleep. So then he just had the long hair on his sides. And then, then we took his hat and stuff like that, you know, like it was crazy stuff, just like simple, you know, fun, footy, fu- footy, footy guys, fun, you know. And uh, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, at that young age, there's always someone that's gonna gonna complain and 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 rightfully so you know when you look back on it you're like it was pretty it's pretty bad but and then we (laughs) we got caught drinking in the park so our teacher at the time he went out one night and and obviously left us thinking that we'd be all right where we're staying with all of us and we we went out for it there's a park next door uh and this was in glebe in sydney we were down for a, a rugby tens tournament uh at sydney uni and and we went and just sat in the park, you know. There was just some equipment there and stuff. And then this, we met these people, and they brought down a carton. And then we ended up starting to drink <laughs> in the park.
0: Were <laughs> you we about fourteen so, at this stage? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> it was like, you know. And there's always one person that's going to, you know, dob when you get back. So you know that was the case. And you know, a a handful of us got got suspended. So uh, you know, it was crazy times. But you know, I don't take it back. It was good fun. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't give it up for the world, would nah, you? Really? No. Nah, nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you, you mentioned before you only lasted at school till 15. Is that because you went and got a trade, or yeah. what, we, what, what? Before that, what did you want to do? Did you always want to sort of be a chef, be a baker? What, where where was your head at?
1: My was—I thought I was going to be a—I wanted to play footy. I want to play like professional footy. Uh, before, yeah. like, in, but just before that, I wanted to be a truck driver. Um, I used to love sitting on the corner in Canambler in Castlereagh Highway and just watching all the trucks. You know, sting oh, really through. yeah, you know, like we used to always like love it, like, Isn't <laughs> they going like this? Woo, yeah. woo. everyone yeah, pop, blow pop the lawn, you know. <laughs> and then we used to like like kind of dream of like, oh what truck would you drive? You know, and and for a long time I was, you know, I was living that country sort of dream, you know, like I'm gonna be a, you know that, that truck driver. And then I went to a sporting yeah. stars or uh, got into more sports and, and started to play a lot of um uh, stuff like that and then you know, quickly enough, like you just realised, like you, know, you have to be pretty competitive to to play professional. Um, any professional sport, and you have to be quite. Um, you know, and it's a it's a rough, tough market. And, and so, I didn't I didn't chase it. You know, I had one crack at like trying to play, uh, having a a trial for a footy team, and, and didn't do that well. So I kind of went. You know, I don't think it's my thing, any of my calling, anyway. And then yeah, I, um, I, I got an apprenticeship. Like I left Canamble and uh, I moved to Sydney. You know, my sister lived in Sydney. So um, I went down there for a friend's school formal uh, at the time and partnered with one of their friends. And at the time when I was down there, I, I found an apprenticeship job and I went for an interview and, and, and I got it, you know. And, and what was that and The rest doing? was history, I guess. Pastry Chef, apprentice pastry chef. Okay. The little and place called about, Cakes. Is that something you do ever thought of before? Nah, look, yeah, no, totally. I started baking at home, like a pack of cake mix when I was 14. So mm-hmm. I would always, my parents used to make me work. So my parents had supermarkets, you know, in the, in the town. And I, literally from the age of, oh, I can't even remember, but to be honest, probably maybe six, five or six, I'd always be yeah. at the shop and I'd be doing something. You yeah, always yeah, yeah. something small to put you to work. And as you got older, you did more and more and more and more. And then, you know, and I used to work every, every day after school or, and on Saturdays uh when Did i could you, you know when that? i was nah, <laughs> nah, nah hey, we,
0: call, we call them family contributions family contributions that's <laughs> it.
1: yeah you're right yeah. But look I, I i ate my fair share of uh of goods from the store you know like yeah. taking to school so that was probably my payment <laughs> um but i used to i used to work after school and you know i didn't like the checkout I was i was quite quite shy and i was quite you know so working on the checkout for me people start talking to you and sometimes i'm just like i don't know what to say so like i used to kind of like i don't work on there the deli it was okay but i didn't like all the juice from the cold meats when you crack open the new plastic wrapper on the corned (laughs) beef or something like that the (laughs) the juice would go everywhere Uh, so i didn't enjoy it but my sister had a supermarket as well like with the family she took one of my parents and and i used to i used to work in her in-store bakery and that's where it kind of started. I really enjoyed it. I love the colors. I love the flavors and just playing around. It wasn't anything fancy. It was pretty much just packet and cake mix and, and stuff like that. It was all like some of it was par frozen. And it was just finishing it off. But I really enjoyed it. it. And then I got to the point of my, my life where it was like, okay, well, my parents uh, wanted me to be home by 10 o'clock. But you know what? I'm 15. I'm, all my friends can stay out till like one. you know. And I was like, in, that, in that mindset. And then I'm working. What am I going to do with my life? I wasn't enjoying school, you know, like I was only good at things I really put my mind to at times. And I was, I was kind of a wanderer. My mind always wandered. I was thinking of other things while I was trying to learn something else. And it became difficult because the focus just wasn't there. Right. And, but when you do something you love, right, your focus is there. You, you, oh, 100%. Start, you start that mind that is thinking of something else while you're doing something else, it becomes that doing the same. And, um, you know, so like I, I was kind of in that part of my life and, and, um, and so I, I literally went. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to Sydney. You know, do an apprenticeship. I love pastry. I enjoy it. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a stab in the dark. A bit of a risk. You know, I didn't know if I was gonna enjoy it that much. To be yeah. Once I got, you know, I found a really good job straight up. You know, it was a great bunch of guys. Uh, they were fun. They were funny. They were good at what they did, and they were also like, you know, threw a bit of banter in. So you know, I grew a tough skin. You know pretty quickly in the first few years, you know, like it, it was, it was harmless fun, but you grow a skin to, to be able to like deal, to deal with, with it. Yeah. To deal with it, that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's, that's kind of what, what the kitchen was, like in a way, like you'd have fun and, you know, muck around, but you have to be able to take it. And if something, if you stuff something up, you've got to be able to bounce back. You know what I mean? Like in a way and not take it too personally. And, and be able to go, you know what, yeah, I stuffed up yesterday, but today I'm going to make it better and, and forget about it's what... It's a good lesson to
0: learn in life, isn't it? It's actually a really good breeding ground to actually learn a lot of those lessons really quickly at a young
1: age. Yeah, totally. It, it, I think it's the key thing when, you, when you're when young. One thing I find in the industry and, and, and the reason why there's a lot less... Now there's probably a lot more interest because of social media and TV in, in the industry, but before there was a lot of dropout because of that, right? Because people felt like, oh, no, I can't do this or I'm not doing well or yeah, or you, you get a job where, you know, people are like, you know, when you're in production or you're in whatever, it's about efficiency and, and everybody's on the time to clock, right, to get everything out properly and, and obviously make sure it's good so that they get the best return they can on the product. As, as a manager, that's what people are looking for, right? But when you're an apprentice, you kind of understand that sometimes and, you know, you probably don't get all the nurturing that you probably kind of need in a way. Yeah, but you really need to not be dependent on that. You have to be able to jump in and be make yourself a part of it, and you know what, and and just keep that thick skin and, and keep keep pushing till you get it right. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> and you're still allowed to do that there. these
0: days, though. Like, because obviously back in the day there was a lot more. Oh, they'd probably had classes bullying now, but like more no, totally. jokes and all that sort of stuff. And as you say, you get that thick skin. That's one of the things I think kids don't get the opportunity to these days. They don't get to get a thick skin because it's uh, they're all too precious, in my opinion.
1: No, completely, completely true. You know, you get. I reckon there's probably one out of ten that come in and, and have still got that attitude, as you, what we were seeing back in the day. Yeah. But The other, other eight or nine. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You know. It's it's you know you walk on eggshells and and um you kind of got a you've kind of got to like be really really careful where you tread because it's you know you're living in an age where people just throw you on the media or whatever for.
0: Oh, it's ridiculous. Whatever. So, you expect me to actually work? Oh my god! Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not here for that. I
1: stuff, <laughs> some, I stuff something up, and you want me to stay back 15 minutes to fix it up because <laughs> you know what? I didn't listen to you. You know. Yeah. And yeah you know. So you know now it's all back on the employer, um, and you know I guess there's something you got to deal with and, and, and go along with because it's um, it is what it is, and that's the the rule. So. hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, but it's you know it's a shame in some ways that you know people. Kind of don't learn from their mistakes a little bit, but anyway.
0: Oh, we all do. We all have to, mate. Yeah. Hey, um, so we're fifteen years old, and we make a decision to move to Sydney. What's mum and dad think
1: of that? Oh, not happy. Not happy. You know. <laughs> how was, do
0: you How do you break that news to them? Do you
1: remember? Oh, uh, it was it was tough. You know, it was very tough. And and and, I think I at that age I was kind of a bit. Um, uh, I don't know a bit. Not a chip on my shoulder. I was quite shy, but like I was, I had the confidence in a way. You know, like I was type of Cocky, it's called, mate. You're a bit cocky. Yeah, I was a bit cocky in that way, you know, like I, you <laughs> know, when I was younger, I smoked, you know, when I was young, like obviously, you know, I got in the peer pressure thing at school and and started you know, standing in the back laneway having a cigarette every now and then I didn't smoke a lot, but, but I smoked in front of my parents pretty 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 quickly like, I could, you know what I mean? Like I just stood in front of them and then smoked, you know, I didn't try and hide it from my parents <laughs> um and stuff like that. So I had that, that thing where as if like I was, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And, yeah. um, I got the job. I knew that I wasn't interested in going to university and stuff like that. I didn't have that mindset. I wasn't that I couldn't I can't sit in a in a classroom and, and absorb a lot of information unless I really am interested in it. So having to do those things I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. So um yeah, I told them, I mean they 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 wanted me to take over the, the business, the family business. And I just said, Look, if I stay here I'll probably, you know, with what I way I think I'm probably gonna get bored, you know, and, and and, yeah, it would have been a good income and, a, and probably a safe a safe, uh, um, a safe uh, future in a sense, you know, having a local supermarket. And they had a drive-through bottle shop at the time and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a a good thing and, and definitely a big part of the town. And, and um, But, you know, I, I really wanted to chase what I, what I had a passion for and what, I, what, what was in my sights and my eyes. And, and I wanted to find out for myself if I could do something um you know i was inspired by my parents you know they they work hard they you know they worked all their all their all their life you know they came here from italy uh with nothing and and literally just you know grew from one thing to another one got something small got something more and and, and just sort of grew on that from working and working working and to give us a better life right you know it's um it's a it's a great sort of way to look at it, and I I always wanted to, to try and be as successful as my my mum and dad, you know, um, yeah. you know. So that was my goal, and, and and for them to accept what I wanted to do in the end, in the end it became an acceptance because every year I'd go home for Christmas or Easter, and they'd be like, oh, I just come home for a year and, and and run a shop for take twelve months and run it and you know make some money and and, and uh, you know thinking that I'd go there and not go not go back to Sydney and uh, I said nah, you know I'll lose I'll, I'll lose a year of my apprenticeship, you know, or you know so I was always. You know, once you're, once you're committed, you kind of got to keep cracking, you know.
0: So an apprenticeship goes for three, four years. Just four
1: Alan's years at that time. Yeah. Four yeah. Now, years it's
0: only, and that, now it's only three, I think. And that's uh, so
1: you're you working sort of what, four days a week, one day at TAFE? Is that yeah, the way that yeah, works? Yeah. Four, four days on the job, one day at TAFE. Yeah.
0: And so you sort of you get stuck in on day one, don't you? Pretty much. So they throw you in the deep end. This is how you actually do stuff. This is what you do. And you just learn as you go, throw you
1: in the pool exactly yeah best way to learn you know i think uh throw you throw in the deep end get your get your hands dirty and, and start 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 touching and feeling you know cooking's a lot about senses and touching and feeling and remembering and you know hand weight you know like how, how much pressure i'm pushing or throwing or putting on you know it's all about that sort of memory skills right so it's you know you, you gotta it's more about how many times you do it you learn more and more and get better right so it's
0: and was there was there one bloke at the time that, that sort of took you under his wing and you became sort of his wingman and, and he helped you through the whole
1: process? Yeah, there's probably about four of them, right? There's a couple oh, of okay. guys, and then I became a part of their golf group, you know, and um, and it was it was great. It was a, you know a guy called there was there was Tomo, there was um, Trevorden. There was Truett. they all got teased nearly, and then there was, yeah. and then there was Sam, know, and that was that was like the main part of the team, um, and then there was the my competition apprentice uh, Matthew, you know, like I'd always be racing against him or trying to beat him, and yeah. so there was good banter, you know, it kept me, uh, it kept me uh, really interested and excited, and you know, they, and they taught me good good things, you know, like my boss used to always say you could be a six hundred dollar pastry chef when you qualified, or you could be an eight hundred dollar pastry chef when you qualified. And he used to always show me things to go, you know, you've got to be like, do it this way, like in this, and you've got to think about the, you know, the finishing and the decoration. And, and and so, like, there's always, you know, you need those kind of people when you're in a job like that, right? And But you have to, you have to listen and, and absorb, some, you know, that's half the problem sometimes. People just don't want to listen because they think they know better all the time. Yeah, 100%. You know? so, and so
0: were you a creative type all your life?
1: Yeah, pretty much, eh? Yeah, like in some way, yeah, I'm, I'm a thinker. Like, I always think. So whether it's, you know, creative in uh, food or how to do something or if there's a problem, I like to think about how, why it's happening and, and, and kind of um, how I can fix it, you know. Uh, and, and does that help when you're cooking? When I'm cooking, it, it does because cooking cooking's my, it's my, it's my profession, so I understand it a lot better. It's the hardest yeah. part when you're doing things that you don't understand because it's a lot more learning to get to that end product. To, to get to the end result, but you know, you still—I mean, that's all we're still learning. So it's great. You've got to keep learning.
0: So you're into your apprenticeship. You've just finished that. You're now what 19 years old, and are you still living with your sister in Sydney at this stage?
1: Yeah, yeah, still living with my sister. Yeah, and and with, then no.
0: did you? What did you decide to do? Did you get a job? Did you open your own thing? What, no. what was next?
1: 19. I, I I got a job. I was in the last year of my apprenticeship actually uh, at 19, and I got a job in a French bakery, and. Um, and I went in there as a, like a last year apprentice and, you know, kind of junior pastry chef and probably three or four weeks in uh, well maybe a bit longer than that. And anyway, my boss left, it was a very small team. It was literally me and him. And um, so the, the, the guy who's in charge of pastry left and the boss asked me, could I just cover for a few weeks while I found someone new and it never, it never really happened. So um, I, I ended up staying there for four or five years. Um,
0: you, you grabbed the opportunity, John. Yeah. You
1: saw it well, as an opportunity. I just said, yeah, I, I, yeah just I just fell into it kind of, and but I just kept going with it. Like I just, I took. I saw it as a time where I could just do some of my own stuff, you know. And and mm-hmm. it was a great, um it was a great uh, learning ground, you know, for my skills because I was having to teach myself so many new things by myself. I didn't have a boss anymore or anyone to kind of uh mentor me in that way. So yeah. I was looking for other. I was looking at other places for, for, for mentorship and stuff like that. So, you know, I started buying heaps of books. Uh, I started to you know talk to some more experienced guys, more about how to do things. You know, I started to travel, you know, a little bit like, you know, every time I got a chance, I'd go, I went, to, you know, I went to Paris for the first time and um, sorry for a second time. And but the first time I went there was for something else, but, but I got to explore and 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 learn their culture and the the products and learn new things and then I could bring that back right and then I started to learn more and more because at that time you know in Australia I mean pastry wasn't massive it was truly your local Aussie bakery you know punching out the cream buns and and lemon cream buns lemon, a of vanilla slice and a pie you know, marmet custard tarts <laughs> you know niche tarts you know all that stuff yeah and that that was and that was your standard there was nothing else there was no next level or no um you know different Different sort of type. There was very little. There was one or two kind of French guys in, in Sydney, but but they weren't doing. They were kind of doing the basics. So you know, it was it was interesting to try and learn some of the new modern and and techniques and stuff to kind of push yourself to to give yourself a point of difference, um, especially at that time. It wasn't wasn't a lot around. So.
0: And how do you get that out there? Because obviously um, Australians aren't that well known for sort of taking on new stuff <laughs> back then. Anyway, we are now. But um, if you look at it from the, from the okay, you're now gone to France, you're actually bringing back proper pastry, if you let's call it that. Um, how, do you, how do you sort of get that out in the market? Because it was a little bit different back then, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Look, you know, I, I had the, 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 the luck and the, the, op, the great opportunity of working in a, a French sourdough bakery that was very popular. It was called Victoire uh, in Balmain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they had a big following for, for modern sourdough bread, you know, and they always had their cake section. That, to 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 join to it and the people that kind of came there were were well traveled and and kind of local sydney people or, or people that love to try something different you know they were okay. they, they were kind of into that food sort of thing so being able to push different things there was there was a opportunity of people willing to to open up to try it you know like uh you know in my early days i was playing around with a lot of brazilian fruits so, i mean i met this guy who was selling brazilian fruits in australia back back in the early day, right, not yeah. playing around with acerola and capusu and, you know, all these um, acai and all these kind of different things at that time. It wasn't, they weren't around a lot, but yeah, people, yeah. people were loving and eating it, you know, and um, so it was, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting time, but good fun, you know, like uh, they had a, great, had a great boss there and uh, gave me a great opportunity to become who I was and, uh, yeah.
0: So you lasted about five years in that, that place in Balmain?
1: Five years in Balmain. Then I went to Cairns. Um, Why? Just to get out of Sydney for a bit, you know. Ah, I think uh, cool. I'd been in Sydney what uh, ten man, years ten or ten odd years now, so I, I needed a break. Or, I just, Especially for a country boy, yeah. Taking in a lot, come to the city. I had no friends and and uh, I was shy and uh, and and ten years, you know. Obviously, geez, I learned a lot. It was a lot of my on my um, on my like learned a lot about my personal life and and trying to you know push get yourself out there and you know. I mean at that age I did a lot of partying and stuff like that. I was, you know, I was a bit wild at that stage. At that age, you know, going through my apprenticeship with all my all the friends and and coming to a new city. So, you know, it was uh interesting times. But
0: um What I about mean, the ladies? Were you single through that whole period?
1: Uh yeah, on and off. On and off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On and off. Uh I was on and off from single. Um I had one little I think when I was twenty one I got engaged for like three months and then that was it, you know, that was probably the the Lot. the most committed yeah most committed <laughs> um and and then yeah i moved to cannes um worked in a hotel i always wanted to work in a hotel there was a great pastry chef there was a the head chef up in the Kansas national hotel i loved this stuff you know and i saw this opportunity to go up there and learn off him um and but when i got up there i found out he was one of the ones that was leaving um, oh really and that's why the jobs became available but you know oh, i got to work with him for like three weeks, you know, which was, which was, which was all right. You know, But better you know, than no weeks. It's better than no weeks. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was up there for about a year um, in Cairns, you know, great place, beautiful, beautiful uh, part of Australia. Um, but after a year, I kind of found at that time, it uh, wasn't like a lot of career development for, for myself. Okay. You, you know, I think uh, what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about and the stuff I was doing. Like it was, it, was a, it was difficult. Like in, in a, I was chef to party in the hotel and, for example, a senior chef to party got fired while I was there and that position became available. And I thought, oh, you know, here I am. I'm doing this, you know, this crazy modern cakes and stuff like that. So I'd get the, the automatic jump up. But then they brought in this, this uh, older guy who was kind of doing more basic stuff. But it was more about hierarchy, right? It was about experience. Yeah, of yeah. course. So it was like he'd been in, in a hotel for more, longer than me. Not, not in this, not in in that hotel, but in the hotel game. So they bought him, yeah. in. and after that, I was I kind of got a little bit dis dis disencouraged. You know. I kind of like. So then I kind of resigned, and I moved. I moved back to Sydney. Um, you know, I thought it's just uh, yeah, I didn't like that. So you know, I thought. It, and what did you
0: do when you got back to Sydney? Get straight into a job or?
1: <laughs> no, nah, I started
0: working from home. Okay.
1: Yeah, started making pastry from home. Um, and I started selling to a local cafe. Um. Who I knew the the owners of, and I used to just make muffins and mm-hmm. banana bread and a couple of tarts and uh, some Italian biscuits, um, some simple stuff, you know brownies, yeah, and I used to sell it to them, and that was just keep me going and and then I started doing the markets on Wednesdays on Saturdays um, at Fox studios in Sydney, mm-hmm. you know the, the entertainment water markets used to be I think they 're still there i 'm not sure um, but and then I, so I had a little stall there and just, then I just got myself out there and people used to come up and say, oh, do you have a shop? Do you have a shop? Do you have a shop? And I was like, no, 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 I don't have anything. Just working from home, do these for now. Um, you know, it's a big commitment to go into a shop. Um, and so I kept doing that. And then I started to – then I helped another holder out and I'd sell their bread. So, yeah, it became a regular thing. I, I would go there and do this on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And um, after, eventually, yeah, I just kind of got the itch and – I was getting I was getting bored and I needed something else in the way of I wanted to diversify what I was making. You know, at home they've got restrictions. You know, yeah, of course. With doing, you know, volume out of a out of a home oven and stuff like that. And um so yeah, so then I then a few mates pushed me to to get off my ass and uh and look for a look for a shop. And we found that little shop in Balmain and and then uh, just by luck at the same time, there was a sublease on a, on a kitchen in Roselle, which is literally just down the road, you know, the uh, back of uh, the back of Darling street and, um, and went down there. It was a pretty rundown kitchen. These guys were making muffins for just, you know, a couple of hours a night. They were kind of think on their last legs as a business. They didn't really have, they only made these, they made these premixed muffins that were steamed and, uh, you know, meant to be kind of a healthy option, but they would, pretty rubbish and, <laughs> and um you know they slowly just died off you know but I started there with them um, we shared the kitchen and um eventually I took over the whole kitchen when they kind of when they kind of left the scene and and started there really and so then I'd make everything up there and I'd take it down to this store in Balmain and and took a. what was the store called it's called Adrian at the time it's called Adriano Zumbo I was, yep. yeah so it was just my whole name and um yeah, and just patisserie.
0: <laughs> so, and did you think that back then, like, and you're now sort of starting to become who you are and where you're going to go and all that sort of stuff, did you think back then of, of sort of started about branding yourself, about sort of creating your own unique type style, or are you just baking and selling?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I was just baking and selling. I, just, I, just, I was just uh, happy to be in my own, uh, own store and uh, being able to do what I want. And, you know, obviously when I felt creative, I could make what I wanted, what flavor I wanted and I'd put it out there, you know, and, um, yeah. and we slowly built this, this, uh, following, you know, uh, locally there around, yep. around the, you know, West, um, you know, had great support and, cause we we're doing something different, which was, which was amazing. So, you know, it was, people were really into it and, um, you know, but that were, were long days, like you you know you slug on twenty eight hours a day, you know but you, yep. you didn't have any stuff and and when it started to you and then my problem was I made so many different products you know i had, <laughs> I had cakes, i had chocolates, i had macarons, I had pastries, yeah. and we dabbled in a bit of uh bread and savory at that you know so we had a lot of products to cover um when you say we who's we uh, It was me and another girl who helped me and my sister, yep. and okay. my mum my used to come and wash dishes in the, in the when I started, you know, help out. Oh, really? She, yeah, yeah. She so it was me. a family thing. It was a family thing to get started. Everyone helped me, and then slowly from that, you know, you'd throw in another person because it was, it was getting busier and busier. And then it took us about a year to get a right up. You know, I think about, I think it was about one year. And with the help of some uh, great locals at the time, you know, that uh, they they were like writing in saying, "Why aren't you writing about these this place?" You know, like it's you're writing about all these other places, but this place is. You know, you know, so they had a lot of good supporters in that way, you know, and they were passionate yeah. about, about getting that across the line, and 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 they did eventually, you know, we got we got a great ride up, and and then from that it started to pick up, you know, getting people from different parts of Sydney come in, um, and then yeah, probably about six months later, I reckon, you know, I got a phone call, uh, from Channel Ten producer, not to me, to the shop, and and then I got a I got a call in the kitchen saying, oh, this guy from Channel Ten rang you saying, you know, they're looking for a crock and bush, um. You know, give him a call back, and I was like, "Okay." You Are know, you were you all
0: making crock and bushes at the time? <laughs> no, <Nah.
1: laughs> I love it. Nah, wasn't making crock and bushes at the time. Nah, not at all. You know, and um, you know, and, and and to be honest, we 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 hadn't made a lot in our in our whole thing, so we you know we didn't really dabble in that. But um, you know, I, I took on the challenge at the time for myself as well. So you know, the, I got on the call, and I, I just thought it was you know obviously an office party or someone's birthday. Yeah. Or, you know and then I ended up getting on talking to this this guy and um you know he had this idea and he he just wanted me to help him put the challenge together at the time it was just didn't have to go on tv nothing it was just help me put this challenge together can you give me the recipe what equipment i'm going to need um and then produce the one for the hero shot uh, yeah you know at the start and uh you know as a day and i said yeah no worries no worries so we all kind of just hedged down with me and the team at the time it was you know, we had a small team, but it was, there was a few more than me at the time. So we'll put our heads down and we'll, we started to, you know, make this happen. And um,
0: so, did you know what a crock and bush was?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I knew what one was. Yeah, I mean, we, what we, is we, it? thought me through it. So, crock and bush means crack in the mouth, really. Uh, so, okay. You know, crock means crack, and, and bush means in the mouth. You know, uh, yeah. within mouth. You know, so um, and so, it's pretty much a profiterole tower. Yeah, okay, like shoe buns, you know, like yeah, uh, and then they're filled with custard and dipped in caramel, oh. and uh, and then, and then use the caramel to stick it t- together as a tower. Oh, okay, so, yeah. so
0: there's no it's all stuck together, it's all so stuck together. So then you make together. your
1: big tower, yep, cool, yeah, and then and then there's many ways you can decorate it, it's up to you, you know, you can do sugar flowers, you can put sponge sugar on it, you can put strawberries, whatever whatever you want, you know, it's it's okay. it's up to up to whatever the, the design is or the the customer wants kind of thing, um, so yeah. So we we kind of um, you know set out to do that, and as the days got closer, like you know, new ideas were starting to emerge in the producer's head. And eventually, he said, oh, "I'll bring your chef whites with you. You know, we might we might try something." Um, and at that time, they didn't really have guest chefs on the on the show, so uh, it was literally just the the three judges, and the, and they had a host. That first year, there was a the host. So This was uh, the
0: first year of mastership.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what year was that? Oh, two thousand and eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those two years. Yeah, yeah. Might have been eight, I think. Two thousand eight. I think they started. Um, yeah, I think it was two thousand and eight because last year they had their ten year anniversary. Oh, I mean, must be two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. One of those, one of those years anyway. But um, yeah. So you know, I had set set out to get there, and you know, on the day, you know, it was like everything happened wrong that could happen, you know, the first one collapsed for us um, as we're making it. And, you know, I ended up rocking up to the set probably three hours late. Oh, really? (laughs) So the whole production was halted and waiting for me to rock up with this crock and bush. I think it was nearly three hours late, you know, so I held back production three hours. Um, Yeah, oops. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it wasn't a great start uh, to all that, but you know what, the day went well and, and, uh, and from that, you know, obviously opened up doors to, to be able to go on it, you know, many more times and, you know. So
0: that first day, though, you have got your wipes. Did you know you were going to be on telly?
1: Not till I got there. Okay. Yeah, when I got there, they said, you're going to carry it out. And, uh, and is this you know, when you start shitting yourself, going, uh, okay. like, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> you want me to go out there? Like, you know, like, what am I going to say? And, um, yeah, it was all good. We got through it, but I was, you know, I was a man of very few words. And. Um, <laughs> But, you know, they were pretty amazing. The Crocker Bush show, like that pretty much spoke for itself and, and that, was, that was good. You know, it was a great producer, you know, kicked that off. Jonathan Summerhayes who gave me the opportunity, you know, um, who, you know, you know, can't think enough for, 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 what, for what started from that, you know, so it's... Um,
0: so then what happens after that? Overnight are you a success then? Do you find that your shop then's now got all these different people coming in? No, How does no. that, that affect your, uh, your day-to-day business?
1: Yeah, no, the first one didn't do much. You know, a little bit, but it didn't do much. People don't really wake up in the morning and want a crock and bush. uh, (laughs) Fair fair Yeah, To go outside Mm. and and want to buy one, you know. Um, And and a lot of people didn't actually know what it was. So it it sparked a lot of interest and Mm -hmm. it sparked a lot of people at home wanting to get in and learn how to to think, what is this? Oh, I want to try and make this, right? But it wasn't until probably the biggest... um, like buzz we got from that show was later in the season when I did the chocolate mousse cake mm-hmm. um, and that uh, we couldn't keep up. We had to do a lottery for that. You know, we had over uh, we ended up uh, only making 200 because we, we didn't have the capacity um, at the time. Cause it was a cake with like three or four layers inside and, you know, needed special, like a mousse ring. And at the time we didn't have all this stuff and we couldn't really afford to go out and um, invest in it all at the time. So we just said, you know what, we're going to make 200, uh, over over a period of three or four weeks, and we're going to ride into this uh, raffle, like raffle things, so, and then we picked. Yeah. We should pick the two hundred out of a hat, and we literally got nearly I think eight or ten thousand people who wanted that cake. You know. Wow. Yeah, and and at but that, that, time, that
0: was that, the game changer.
1: That was crazy at that time, you know. It just went it went ballistic, you know, um, <laughs> from that, and and then from that, like then we did the macaron tower, the V8 cake, and then that was where the that was the power. Scene. that's where you saw the people queuing up for like an hour like I'm sorry 100 meters down the road outside the shop and they'd be waiting for yeah. an hour two hours and most of the time to walk into an empty store because the people had cleaned it out you know it was oh, uh, hey. yeah 10 o'clock we and you know, in those days, in the morning, they would you know, open, they would close, and we'd just be, we'd be just working around the clock to produce more stuff to try and keep up. And um,
0: so, what's that do to your head? What are you, are you sitting there going like? What's actually happened here? Like, did you get a chance to sit back and reflect and go, nah. holy crap?
1: Nah, I didn't get a chance to reflect until like not lately, but like you know, when you're in your your head down, you're in a washing machine. Yeah. Um, and from what you first set out to do, right? You, my dream was, you know, it's want one shop and I want to be able to make what I want, and that's it. Yeah. And then from that, you just get this influx and this, you know, well, what am I? What's going on? What is happening? What's, you know, I'm just getting bombarded, and you're literally hands down trying to um, just create product, right? But you don't, you never think of like the, what what gets neglected in those sense is the decisions, the business side, the yeah, what's happening? How are we growing? You know, and and all those things kind of get neglected in those times, right? And you just kind of, you're just this chef gotten thrown in, you've you've had this idea and dream to have a shop, but you, you haven't thought about all that stuff or no one teaches you that stuff. You know Well you're you, a chef, not a businessman. Well exactly. And, but you're slowly starting to learn. You're st- slowly yeah. starting to have to really learn. Really quickly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and from mistakes, right? And like that's like I guess that's life. You know, just keep on it it, it throws it in your face and then and you gotta you learn what not to do. So I um, mean I wrote
0: yeah, a book that, last year and, and that. That book's called "Embrace the Fail," and it's all about failure and bouncing back because that's the only way I've ever learned. Yeah. <laughs> you get to, you get to. If you don't fail, you don't learn. So that, that's that's the way to um, to sort of make this stuff happen. Is you you can only bounce one way, really.
1: No, oh, totally. I, I totally agree. You know. Um...
0: So you go on that show, and you're obviously now become the 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 sweet king of Master Chef. How do you then? Are you writing books at this time yet? Or I wrote my first yeah. book
1: in 2010, uh, so okay. it was probably a year after after that. Uh, and was that after.
0: your call, or someone come to you, or how no, that Someone work? came
1: to me. Someone came to me and said, "Oh, we want to write a book, um, you know, dessert book." Um, so and I said, "Yeah, cool, great." You know, I mean, and we set set on that on that thing. You know, and I, I mean, at that time, that was that was a crazy time. That was when, you know, people were offering you stores and and this and that, and we want you to open, and you just like everywhere. You know, like you you just, you do so much, but you do nothing, you know, yeah. in, in a sense. And, um, you know, and it's just literally scrambling to put stuff together to get through, to take on those opportunities rather than, you know, not taking them and saying, oh, I don't have time or whatever. Like you just make it happen, you know. Yeah, you don't want to say no, do you? Well, at that time, I, and I, I was like that. <laughs> I was that kind of person. I wasn't going to say no. You know, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing I'd say no to was um, was things that I just felt like I just would not, not us, you know. And yeah. that was, if you just felt that straight away, then it was like that. But you know, what's the weirdest
0: thing you ever got asked to do? Then
1: oh, geez, I can't, I can't remember that. That that part of my life is such a blur. Um well, I suppose it would be. You had probably five or six years of just, uh, just everything. yeah, it was just travel. You know, like I was doing festivals and. Uh, traveling and demos and you know classes and you know, writing books, opening stores. <laughs> uh, you know, That's new, insane, isn't it? When you look back, new products, doing charity stuff, heaps of charity stuff. You know, in, the, in those in those days, like as you know, we did so much charity stuff. Um, and yeah. Just trying, to, you know, trying to support the community as much as we can. You know, and and they're the things that you start to lose as you get. Bigger and that's what you know and that's where you know like uh, the washing machine starts to get out of control you know without having that structure Definitely, and um, you know that and that was that those days were you were insane but you know as it rolled on it sort of it changed especially with saturation coming to the market.
0: So you during this period then someone comes up to you and says, well do you want your own show or how would that one work?
1: Yes well what was that well, that we, uh, we did that show in 2016. Uh, so that was like a fair bit after, um, you know, I think I'd done what, 17 episodes of MasterChef at that time and challenges, different challenges over the years. So I was kind of like just dedicated to that for many years. And then, yeah, and then Channel 7 approached me and said, you know, interested in being a, a like a judge and a host. And, you know, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, like I'm definitely interested. Like it's to to be in that position rather than just a guest judge is the next step, right? And it's great great for for business and and stuff like that because you know it keeps the profile and 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 obviously um and and it's a lot of fun for for myself you know i mean it's it's obviously growing new skills of having to be the the front man you know yeah um and you know and and to be able to create those kind of things that we create on the show you can't really do that in business because they're just they're they're too time-consuming and too too finicky right They, they suit they suit that kind of show like where it's just a challenge and that's it you know you yeah, yeah. you win something or you don't and you walk away you know because that those kind of things are. Uh, you, you could have i mean you could have a business solely doing that where it's all birthday party stuff like i get it but, yeah, but as a retail business it doesn't really suit you just can't produce it so um you know when that opportunity came up and and um and then they asked they said well oh, we you know we wanted to we want to use your name on it you know what i mean and i was like yeah for sure you know what I mean? I mean, to have your, your name in the title was, was pretty cool, right? Um, So, so what do all your old
0: mates from uh, from out west think about all this? Yeah. At this time, yeah, you got got your head, you got your head on telly and you get the old boys ringing you saying, like giving you a bit of a
1: crack and that sort of stuff? Yeah, they, they send me uh, on Facebook. You know, I stay in contact on Facebook um, with a lot of the old guys back, you know, from home. Yeah. They're, they're, they're spread out everywhere across Australia now. Like Obviously moving around, everyone's moved, kind of moved on and there's a few guys still back home. But um, but yeah, you know, they, they're pretty pretty, uh, pretty pumped, you know.
0: Yeah, that's good. And they always give you a bit of a ribbon as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, they've, been trying to,
1: they've been trying to get me to go back and play touch footy for a fair few years, you know. Um, Don't do it, the, mate. The guys that, uh, well, I didn't do it at the time because I was so heads <laughs> down in the business. But now now, yeah. now that I'm a bit free, I, like a, I think maybe next time they ask me, I might, I might take it up.
0: Like well, go and have a run. You can't have a run yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch watch the calf, mate. The calf of the hammy. Yeah. Not good, not good as you're getting older. <laughs> so so during all this time, obviously the world's just spinning. And uh as and you've now got books, TV shows, all this sort of stuff. Who's running your business at the time?
1: Yeah, look at you know, like I had a like I had a manager in there. in the early days, it was kind of like me. Uh mm. we had like a we had a manager in the stores and you know, it was quite a then we and then we took on. Then I had a manager in the office. Then I got like a bookkeeper, kind of person in. Yeah, you know. And we had a small team, um, uh, but you know, like it, it was. It was more the the decision and the how are we going to if we do this, making where's this next store going to be? Is it is it going to take away? The problem was is opened up too many stores too close to each other. You know, yeah. so every time a new store would open, it would take twenty thirty grand from the the store that That's was already problem. existing. And that would get so you got another store with but you know, you really only doing the same turnover that you did when you had one less. Yeah. And and that became a chain reaction. But I didn't realise that for a while, right? I was too too head down and and literally just like, oh yeah, store in the QVB, oh, store in in there, that'd be great. Yeah, there's lots of people down there. But yeah. you know, like, that's gonna make money. Yeah, of course it is. That's gonna, you know, like and, and that was my my tactic in my yeah. my mental thing was like, oh yeah. Great touristy place, great list, great you know, and then but then as the market got more saturated, those places there was more offerings, uh, but also you're taking away from your own business because you you weren't structurally thinking about where you're putting that store, how much how many how, how many kilometers in between, you know, are people, you know, going to go from here to there? Or are you going to attract attract a new crowd? You know what I mean? So it was um, it was learning like like you said, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know you look back and you kind of um, you know, but once you got them, it's really hard to, to change. You know, we. Oh,
0: of course it is, mate. Because you want to make it work. You're actually passionate about making this thing work, and you don't want to be wrong.
1: <laughs> it's really hard to admit you're wrong. And that was and that was my, my problem in the end. You know, before yeah. I, uh, before I went into administration, it was was literally like, no, nah, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to I'm going to beat this. You know, that was my mentality every day. I was going to beat this and i was beat this. And you know, and I had the idea in my head. I figured out a way in my head how it would work. But you yeah. need everybody to be on your side. But when you're in that position, that's tough, isn't it? Nobody wants to, nobody really wants to go on your side because it's a big risk for them to, to go, okay, well, if we, you know, if we, if we freeze your loan for 12 months, um, you know, that for us, that was going to free us up a million bucks, right? Paying yeah, 90, yeah. 90 grand a month on a mortgage. You know, uh, it, it was literally, that was a massive, a massive saving for us in here to, to just let us breathe and take a bit of fun off the, off the neck. But, You know, you don't get when you're in that position. You don't get it. You get thrown towards a an IA accountant a few times, and it costs you more money. Of course, just to prove that you know that you're that you're the you know you're not viable to to keep going. So, you
0: know. So that that day, D Day, let's call it that. For the sake of this, how does that make you feel?
1: It was tough, but you know, in the end, I'd I'd tried so many different options. I'd spoken to people. Um, I had consultants, you know, I looked at it all myself. Like I said, I'd been to, uh, you know, I talked to try the ATO trying to get, you know, more time. Like we got, you know, obviously time, but like, we just couldn't get, you know, it was literally like, like the 12 or 24 months thing you have to have it done. And, yeah. it. and if you can't prove that, then they won't lock, you know, lock you into anything. So, you know, which is fair enough, I get, but, you know, uh, so none of that kind of went our way. Uh, our only savior was we owned the building. So the company owned the building, the company that was going, this is before administration, and yeah. we put on the market to sell, you know, um, and it's probably worth about $8 million, you know, in a in, in sense like, you know, we bought, well, the bank bought for five, you know, we'd, we'd taken that loan, yeah, of course. you know, um, yeah. 5.2 or whatever it was. And, um, you know, so that was going to give us, if we could sell that, that was going to pull in, you know, been, you, know, you know, I think at the time we had a debt of about $10 million all up you know, in, in total of, of everything like that, yeah. you know, the bank debt, the everything. And, um, and so, um, which was, you know, pretty big, but, you know, obviously the assets were there to take away a big chunk oh, of course. it um, and just couldn't sell it, man. It just, it wouldn't sell, you know, it was just one of those times where, you know, it just, uh, everyone's telling you this, you know, if we can get it across the market definitely get a good price for it. And, you know, and it just didn't sell and we couldn't hang on any longer. You know, waiting for that, and we had to make a decision. Um, and 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 in the end, I was tired. I was so drained. You know, mentally drained. Uh, Twelve months, literally, like it was a twelve-month battle. Like just going to work every day, putting out fires, trying to find ways, cutting staff, trying to get out of leases. You know, and 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 when landlords, you know, don't want to let you go, yeah, won't, won't listen to you that you're like, mate, I'm struggling. Like I, I need to get out. I need to cut the, I need to cut the rope to cut the expense off. You know, like that is it's killing me you know, and they just don't listen, You know, They don't listen. And then at the end, they're like, you know, they turn up to you, whatever that meeting is, the creditors meeting, like, you know, looking at, you know I'm just like, you know, you just sit there going, like, why, you know? And it's like, it's like in this current situation now, you know, like landlords, you know, now starting to give a little bit back, but still not, you know, to some of these not, guys, much. not much to these guys <laughs> who are struggling, you know, like how are they supposed to, they don't, I I think they don't get that, their empty store is going to be worth nothing, you know, cut the rent.
0: Oh, mate, it's, it's a perfect example right now. Like if, if people, because all the businesses are going to go broke, yeah. and if they move out, then the landlord doesn't realise that in six, nine, however long this is going to go for months, they're going to sit there with empty stuff for years. years. It it's not going to be days. No,
1: no one's going to jump in and, and start spend their business after this straight away. Of
0: course they're not. No. Of course they're not. And the thing but... is that whoever comes in is going to ask for 12 months, two years rent-free anyway. To try and get a lease away, and yeah, you just think that these guys, oh well, that, that's the way they do business. But mate, the day you, uh, the day you realise that, uh, we like to call it financial flatlining, yeah. right? And the reason we call it that because it always bounces back up, right? And so you know, you get your flatline there, boop, 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 on the way back up. So that day, it's actually a relief, isn't it? <laughs>
1: uh, it was, it, it was a big relief, you know. Uh, yeah. Like you know, I'd like. It was just yeah, it was, it was an immense relief, I think, because just from the the drain, the, the, the just tears your soul out, right? Yeah. The, in the last couple of years, there we we you know had a rough chat. Like I got ambushed by a current affair in seventeen, you know, for that, you know. There's no need for that shit. Like, really. I, I, I know. Like, but the, <laughs> the problem was for me was I knew nothing about it because I didn't run that part of the thing, and yeah, and and then the people who went to a current affair never even talked to me, you know. I'm at work every day. Like it's like you want to sort out a solution, or if you've got a problem, give me a call. Come and see me. You know what I mean. Mm. Come and talk to me. You know. And that was the that was the most hurting thing for me. You know, and 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 the fact that you know to get ambushed from behind at an airport, it's just like, you know, like it's just is embarrassing in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It it took a lot of my soul out. At that time, I was like six to eight months. I barely went outside. I like I just Mm. I was so hurt in a way. You know that 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 you know that's what it had come to. You know, and we, we, we had invested so much money just before that into trying to make efficiencies and, and pump. And fix stuff. And fix stuff and pump the business, you know, making efficiencies in macarons and, and stuff to, to to lose a lot of, of, like, obviously we invested money, but like then to, to flatline a little bit of the expenses over time. Yeah, and, and it just, you know, we lost so much business after that, like people's loyalty, you know, because in the end people just will jump on, you know, there was definitely a lot of people that supported us, you know, and and that was amazing, but there's always that, that percentage that you, you lose and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand with that stuff is that you know you kill businesses like that doing that stuff rather than doing things of course you do. properly. And that's why I never agree with naming and shaming because it's it just brings in more problems into an industry or any 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 person's mental space, you know what I mean? Because you know, that's like if you teach your kids just to go and uh, you know, uh, when you've got a problem, just to go and go and jump on social media and split out blah 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 or whatever it is. That's not a great way. You know, things should be done professionally. Nah. Like between me and you sit down and we talk about it. You know? Exactly. You know, behind like
0: the old days, isn't it? Like man's handshake was his word. It was his bond. Exactly. And uh, that shit doesn't happen anymore, man. Nah. That's the problem.
1: But anyway, but yeah, that was that was that was a crazy time. And uh, you know, I towards the end I ended up like I moved up here to the coast to get away for a bit, you know, like I needed the headspace. Three now yeah, on the Sunshine Coast area. On Sunshine Coast now, yeah. My, my Beautiful par- part of the world. Well, my partner grew up up here, and and uh, and and um, you know it's nice up here. And I, I needed I needed a release, and it was cheaper to live here than in Sydney. So yeah, at the time I was just commuting, um, you know, and I tried to set myself up a little R and D uh, place here because in the business I couldn't claim R and D claims because it was a trust, so I couldn't get government grants or government. Oh okay. Yeah, so then I so then at the time when I was trying everything. I was like, you know, I'm going to set myself up a little R&D kitchen on the Sunshine Coast, and, and try and get that grant. But you know, it never worked, and everything kind of tumbled down at the end. But uh, but you know, I, I, you know, I'm still up here, so you know.
0: And so we're a couple of years on now. All that's in the past. Yeah. Where are you going now? What 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 are you working on? What are you playing with? Uh, are, you, are you still passionate about cooking?
1: I am. I am. But you know, like the industry's taken a big hit. You know, like with everything. You know, from from uh, you know. like the climate that the fair work and the media's created and now with COVID-19 you know it's um it's definitely taken a a big sort of change in in the where it's gone and what it is you know it's um so it's it's for me it's a it's a different landscape to look at in a different way now you know and it's Mm -hmm. it's about like looking at it from a different perspective you know I think uh, moving forward foods you know is obviously going to be I think a lot less dine-in. You know, from what's happening now, it's going to be a lot yeah. more. You know, digital and pickup, curbside pickup, delivery, whatever. You know, um, you know. I think that's going to stay on now. From from the changes a lot of these places have to have made, uh, people will still go and dine again eventually one day. But I mean, I think that the majority of of a lot of business will, will pick up in the other senses, the digital technology, all you know, the cashless sort of. Um, um, future you know which i was at the end of my business i was pushing for i had a few stores that were just yeah. cashless a lot of people didn't agree with me because they were like oh but people still need to pay with month but i'm like the future is cashless like literally people don't want to carry cash or go to an atm or you know it's literally i pay on my watch now yeah there you go you know your <laughs> watch, that. phone your whatever so yeah, yeah. you know and it's and, and it creates a lot more stability in the business in a such you know we had a lot of issues you know with people dubbing other people about they're stealing money or missing cash and you know i got i got sick of it and i just went you know what um i just went you know what i just wanted to and that's when i turned those stores cashless you know i just said you can't steal it if it's not there you can't but i mean there's definitely (laughs) just really smart people there's definitely still ways i think they do something with fpos but but you know it's a lot harder you know it's um it's a lot harder and 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 it relies someone to to work a lot to, to try and do it but um but yeah, you know, that was, uh, so for now, like just, just kind of, uh, just taking it all in, you know, I thought by now I'd probably be back on something, something different, but you know, also I'm just still trying to get myself, uh, I've got a few liabilities. I'm still trying to push through, you know, I've got a personal guarantee on a lease that, you know, just keeps dragging on and, um, they kind of won't let me go and, um, they won't come to a negotiation. They just kind of want to, you know, clip you by the neck and against the wall and, um, oh, of just keep charging you, charging you monthly rent. Like i haven't been in the premise for three years to be honest you know and uh every month i get a bill for 20 grand and it's like that's you know, insane uh, stupid it's it's so stupid that that's what the law is just because of, i get i get you put a personal guarantee on it but like literally when when you, your business goes down or whatever or something you know like there's got to be a clause an escape clause so both people can move on in life yeah of course you know and i think it's uh it's, it's one flaw in that in that system it's it's uh is definitely that but uh, we'll see what happens. I answer. think there's
0: many flaws in those systems and I think this COVID-19 is actually bringing out a lot of them and I think what you'll find is there's a lot of legislation changes that'll just get rushed through. Uh, a mate of minds in uh, in IT as we are and uh, he was saying yesterday he's seen more innovation in the last three weeks than he has in the last 20 years. Yeah, well. uh, People are actually adopting stuff and, and signing up for stuff and doing stuff. It's just been, I, I think, Obviously, there's the complete negative that there is in regards to this stuff, but at the same time, I think a lot of people will benefit from it. I think a lot of people will bounce back. Um, us entrepreneurs, which you is what you are, um, you'll think something different and you'll bounce back from this with uh,
1: without doubt. Oh, totally. You know, I'm totally confident in the skills and the ideas, you know, that that a guy's just about, yeah, making them happen and then putting them to, to play the right way. And um, yeah, at the moment, just focus on content and stuff like that. You know, can it be more digital presence and uh, information and stuff like that out there? And, um, and, just, and then just kind of just see where, where the market goes during this. So I keep my eye on it and whatever happens. And, um, you know, if, there's, if, a, if an opportunity arises, definitely I'll, I'll have a look at it.
0: Mate, well, I've got an idea, right? Mr. Whippy Vans. You know yeah. Mr. Whippy Vans, yeah? But they actually serve proper food. So they come down the street, Woodle, mm-hmm. Woodle, and then you actually serve proper food. I reckon there's something in that. So you can have the Zumbo Whippy Van.
1: You mean like like healthy food or like like
0: yeah, like proper good
1: food, yeah, yeah healthy yeah, yeah. food,
0: yeah, yeah, or sweets, whichever way you want to go, with little slices.
1: No, you got to have both, really, ain't yeah. you? Start with... <laughs> you, you, eat, you eat healthy, and then you and then you finish off with something a little bit more uh, like <laughs> an indulgent treat. Oh, I love it, love it,
0: mate. Now I'd be I'd be remiss of me if I didn't ask you this question: What is a macaroon, and what's in it?
1: Uh, macaron is a. Uh, Sorry, macaron. a Macaroon. That's it's all right. Macaroon. That's still. That's still a thing, though. Macaroon. It's a. Uh, is that different ma- or macaron? Macaroon is typically like a like a coconut, like kind of a bit more rustic looking. Um, it's 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 a part of the family where the where the macaron come from. You know. Um, like the
0: little. Sort of biscuity thing with the thing in them. But not they're not biscuits. They're more like a meringue type thing, aren't they?
1: I like a meringue. So the macaron is like uh, two shells. Uh, it's pretty much exactly like a like a cross between a meringue and like a like a well we call it dacwas, which is like it's so it's a, a nut based meringue. So okay, almond meal um, and egg whites and sugar. It's pretty much what it is. Uh, yeah. And then you bake those. They, they come off nice and smooth. They grow some beautiful little feet. Uh, and then you, you, you fill them. So you get two of them, sandwich them uh, with a filling. So it could be ganache or jam or buttercream, um, you know, or caramel, whatever you, you, you prefer. And then you sandwich them, and then they sit for about a day um, to uh, change texture. Obviously, the the moisture from the filling uh, and obviously keep in the fridge so that the develop some of the moisture from that and changes the texture to make it nice and soft all the way yeah. through and just has a nice, crisp outside shell. And they just melt in your mouth when you eat them. So um, and is
0: there, is there like a nap to doing that? Like yeah,
1: is there a secret sauce? Yeah, just oh, practice. Just practice, And, um, you know, obviously the meringue has a big part of it and just good quality uh, nuts for the nut meal, um, you know, is quite important. And, and, just a, and just the technique, you know, it's like just a few little things you've got to watch along the way, You know, like getting the skin before you bake it, making sure the meringue's nice and stable because I think that's a super key part. For keeping uh, the, your macarons uh, with the right uh, uh, what's the word with the right um, texture, you know, inside and, and and while you're while you're piping. So, um, and then the fillings. I think the the most important thing for flavour is the filling because that's where it all is. Literally, all, mm. if you if you're going to say it's a blueberry and lavender macaron or whatever flavour you want, it's going to be all in that filling. You know, it's uh, you're going to pack as much punch as you can into it because that's where it sings is in, in the middle.
0: Well, I love how passionate you are about this stuff and, mm-hmm. and you can see your whole demeanour changes when you talk about the food and, and it's great. to it put a big smile on your face and uh, that, that's an awesome thing. The way I love to finish my podcast are with some quick fire questions. But before I start that, who's the person or the people that have influenced you most in your career or in your life?
1: Uh, definitely my parents. You know, I think uh... – <sighs> You know, you you become who you are as a young age and 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 having them as a well, you know, not really knowing them a mentor, but just, you know, growing up within what they were doing, you know, and, and watching and 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 realizing how much focus and how much dedication it is um, to to grow in life, you know, I think uh, you know, it's it's very important. And um and they taught me so much from a young age, they didn't even know it in a way, you know, they're just making me do little things after after school and but it, it taught me it taught me a lot of, uh, strength and focus. Um, and then, and then our resilience because, you know, you, you know, like, um, they've always been there for me and what, no matter what, it doesn't matter what I've done or what failures or what crap things I've done in my personal life, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, they're always there to love you and support you, um, and give you a hundred percent, um, you know, moving forward and, and, um, you know, oh, I, can't, you can ask for, isn't it? I can't thank them more than enough. There's, there's so many other people that have had such a big impact in my life, but I'd have to say that they would be the number one. Um, they gave me a start. They, you know, like there's just so many things and, um, you know, my mum and dad and even my sisters have always helped out and, um, and been there for me, uh, in my, in my crazy ideas and, and um, <laughs> you know, and pursuit of a dream, you know, it's, uh, it literally is it's just you know chasing what's in your mind and and something that you think that is is great and and you know obviously we we'll always want to make a difference or or bring something new to the to the scene so uh you know it's uh it's been good fun and um you know i wouldn't uh, have it any other way and you know obviously take on board everything that's uh, that you learn along the way and then and, and you know make that a, a new beginning and a new challenge and uh and see what comes
0: 100 percent. what's your greatest
1: ever achievement in life uh, you know what just mean the people you know uh, I think with what I do oh, I meet so many great people the you know the cake lovers the fans the the they to festivals and and you know and that means more to me than anything else you know i think uh because that's what you you do it for you know it's not always for i mean you've gotta you've gotta make money to survive in a business but really it's it's that connection with the people and what they give you back for what you do you know what I mean? Makes you hungry for more. Like, it's like, you want to keep giving them better and better tasty treats, you know, that they enjoy, you know, and, uh, you know, and then also things that you enjoy because sometimes it's stuff that you love or you make stuff that you just think that tastes amazing and people, you know, enjoy it with you. It's, uh, there's nothing more special than those kind of moments. Right. It's, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, for me, it's like what I love, you know, it's being able to connect with people and, and even hear their stories. Um, you know i mean for people i've met through charities like just crazy crazy amounts of strength you see with people that have had you know uh big challenges in their life you know in their normal life away from other things and and they still get up and smile and and you know and and life means so much to them every day right i think it's makes you look at life a bit differently doesn't it when you see some of these people meet so many people like that in, in in what i i get to do you know being able to go and cook with them or all those kind of things, and, and, and it's just the most special day, right? It's, to those people, it's just like this, this wow thing, and just for me, it's, just, it's, it's so special and, and, and reality.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, my quick fire questions. Here we go. Favourite food? Pizza. Really? Favourite song?
1: Oh, pizza or tacos? Uh, Favourite song? Uh, Johnny yeah. Cash. Um, what's it called? Her. Okay. Favourite place in the world? Uh, Italy australia what's Italy or Australia? <laughs>
0: what's next?
1: Um, yeah uh, what's next? oh geez that's that stop that's, me that one. Um, look, I think just uh, just being able to be smarter and and, uh, and do something that obviously makes a difference in the world or, or in someone's lives so I guess it's uh you know um, just being able to give back, I think in some in some ways for me at the moment like I really enjoy that. Um, you know, and, and in the background, if a business comes with with uh, some idea, then then let it be. If it doesn't, then you know, uh, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. So yeah.
0: Well, mate, thanks so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate getting you on board. You've been through a lot. You've been through the ups and downs. But as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Brett. It's been great. Thank you very much.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening and what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels. Search for Podfire on Instagram and Facebook or find me at BJMacker and look out for all our Podfire podcasts.